Now, them real preachers use the microphone with the hand, don't they? No. All right. I think, I think we're going to have to retire Garth Brooks. He ain't working no more for me. All right. Everybody hear me good? Praise the Lord. Okay. Verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. That's what Paul said. He said prayers work. That's what he says. He said prayers is not a waste of time. He said, I'll pray for you. It's just not something we say. It's not insignificant. It's just not a casual religious work. Hey, I'll pray for you. How can I pray for you? I'll pray for you. Paul says in all his struggles and all his problems that prayer of God's people helped his deliverance. That's what he says there. So obviously Paul knows that prayer works. He says, for I know. What does he know? He knows that through your prayers, the prayers of who? The prayers of God's people. The prayers of the Philippians. Prayer works. How can I help you? Well, the best help you can help me with is if you will pray. We don't need lasagna. We don't need this. We don't need that. We, don't, we, we just need prayer. That is not uh, a demotion. That is not, I would really feel good about myself if they would let me bring over spaghetti. They didn't want spaghetti. They just want your prayer. They want the most important thing. Now, if you said a ribeye with the cost of ribeyes today, there will be a change. But prayer works. Prayer works. Don't, don't take it lightly. Don't take that you're not doing enough. Do you kind of get that idea sometimes that have we just kind of fallen that all we can do is pray for each other? You know, it's just kind of, ah, I wish, I wish there was more that we could do. There's nothing more that we can do than pray for people. Praying is the best thing. And Paul says, for I know that through your prayers, there's something about praying for people that God does something with. And it, it, it is undeniable. God moves when people pray. God does things when people pray. Does God, is He able to do things when people don't pray? Absolutely, of course. But there's just something, there's something special about when God's people are praying that God honors. And, and I think that's what Paul says. Paul is in prison. What delivers him? What gave him hope? What gave him peace in the middle of the night? He says, the prayers of God's people. So, don't underestimate prayer. Prayer works. He says, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. The Spirit of Jesus Christ is the Holy Spirit. And so prayer with the Holy Spirit works to deliver. And so Paul knows that as people pray and as Jesus works through his Spirit, he is delivered. And that's something that we should, we should understand. It's the simple. It's not the complex. We try to find a solution. We try to find a strategy. We get together and we brainstorm about how we can help. Paul, what he wanted was for people to pray and for the Spirit of Jesus to work. And that's what would deliver him.
interesting story in Acts chapter 16 when Paul and Silas are in jail in Philippi. You know how they got out? They prayed and they worshiped with song. And the chains fell off their bodies. The door swung open. And there was such a disturbance of the spirit that the jailer said, what must I do to be saved? Now, how long would you have to have a strategy session to get where the chains fall off, the door to the jail opens, and the jailer says, get back in there, no. I'm going to call a posse, no. The jailer says, what must I do to be saved? Power of the Lord. And so, strategy sessions, okay? Trying to find a solution, okay? Trying to plan better so people can be helped, okay? But Paul says the two things that he was delivered by was the work of the Spirit of the Lord and through the prayers of God's people. Then we find in verse 20, look at this. This, this right here is pretty good. This right here may be one of Paul's greatest gifts to us that, that we have. There's a bunch of them, but this is a good one here. Look at verse 20. As it is my eager expectation and hope. Now, eager expectation. That, that dog running after that rabbit. Eager expectation. I mean, can't wait to get there. Can't wait. Running as hard as it can. Just looking at every sign of the rabbit. Eager expectation. Paul says, my eager expectation and hope. Man, hope. You know, there's really a difference between people that have hope and people that have no hope. It is in the air. It is in the room. It is on their face. It's on the face of their loved ones. It's on the face of anyone that comes in contact with you. You, you, have, you have talked with someone that hope is all gone and, and you left their presence absolutely drained. It, it just pulls the life, it sucks the life out of the room and the people there. Hope, hopelessness is a powerful, powerful force, but so is hope. And you've been around people that have hope. They have hope in tomorrow. They have hope in eager expectation that, that there's going to be a deliverance. And I'm here to tell you, there's a contagiousness with people with hope. And, and that's what Paul has. Eager expectation and hope. Look what his eager expectation his hope is, that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored. And so he's saying here, he says, man, it doesn't matter how bad things get. It doesn't matter how dark it is. It doesn't matter how outnumbered I'm going to be. My eager expectation and my hope is that by no means shall I at all with, with anything be ashamed, but with full courage now and as always, Christ is going to be honored in my body. Christ is going to be honored in my work, in my service, in my gift, in my activities. That's what he says there. 
And he says, whether by, li whether by life or death. And so we see the key ingredient to this eager expectation and this hope completely revolutionizing Paul's journey, giving him all the strength he needs. That is, whether by life or death, Christ is honored. Whether by life or death, I will not be ashamed. I will die well. I will live well, and I will die well. That's what Paul's saying. He says, man, I, I've discovered this. His e eager expectation, hope, is that he will not be ashamed. He's going to remain faithful to the very end. He has determined that. He's pre-planned that. This is what he's longing for. This is his, his expression of life, his life purpose. He said, no matter what happens to me, I, either in life or death, am going to honor the Lord. I'm going to be faithful to the very end. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to stay on the mission of, of honoring Christ with my life. I will remain faithful. And the courage and, and that, that he is going to give me is going to honor Christ, whether by life or by death. This is a great thing to do. It's a great thing to do is sit down and say, okay, Lord, may your spirit speak to me. Give me, give me an understanding from this point on in my walk with you, in my Christian life, give me that determined outlook. Give me that strength. Give me that, that hope. G give me that desire to live for you or die for you with equal enthusiasm. That's what Paul is saying. Equal enthusiasm. Whether I live or whether I die, I will honor Christ. It's a good thing to do. I, I've done it myself. I've taken my purpose, my plan, what God has. Now, the place or the, 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 the type of thing, it, it's not, it doesn't matter. But I will pray. I will pastor and I will preach the best I can for the rest of my life. In life and in death, that's what I will do. Okay? That's what I understand my mission is. That is my purpose. My eager expectation and my hope is that I will be able to do that as long as I can for the glory of God. In, in whatever venue that looks like, in whatever thing that takes shape, whether how old I am. So in my way of looking about it, if, if Amy locks me in that closet at the nursing home, I'm going to have my little wheelchair and the words that I can still say, I'm going to say it and whoever listen, I'm going to be that guy at the front door when people come in and instead of saying, please take me with you, I'm going to say, do you know Jesus? And you say, hey, come back here. And when you're old, you can do it, man. Get back here and pay me some respect. I'll have me a little have bell on it like the guy. Ding, 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 ding. Hey, hey, hey. No, I don't want no more lemonade. Come here and listen right now. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. That's what I understand. Whether I live or whether I die. If I live, great. If I die, better. That's what Paul says. I know he says it because I read it. Look in verse 21. Verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. That's it. That's what his eager expectation and hope has led him to. Now think about what that means in your life. If you can believe this and apply this, think about what it means to you. You're not going to hold on too hard to your life. You're not going to hold on too hard, too hope, too strong to your circumstances. For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. I did have some thoughts about my little cancer episode that I had here the last few months, and I've thought about it. And I did have an understanding that if, you know, my cousin died of prostate cancer. I know everybody says it's the easiest one to get, the best one to get. I'm so thankful that that's the one I got. I get it, understand. But my, my cousin died of it, and it was really bad with him. And, and I was thinking, you know, there's a chance that this is what the Lord has for me. Can, can you imagine, can you imagine the leverage you would have to preach the gospel? I mean, you might be at home thinking, let's just stay home and grill ribs today and watch the Chiefs and the Ravens play. You might say, this might be Lee's last opportunity. He looked pretty bad last week. <laughs> and I, I did think about the leverage of that. And I thought, you know, some people may stay awake during church if I might die any moment. <laughs> there might be more people be open to the goodies. Someone might get saved. You know, Debbie Williams has approached her cancer just like that. Someone may be saved because of my cancer. That's to live as Christ and to die as gain. That's a beautiful thing. That's what Paul says. For me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Read the Bible four times a week. So you can grow, if you're not there yet, so you can grow that you will believe this and you will apply that to live as Christ and to die as gain because it's the place of not losing. It's the place of complete victory. I mean, if for you to live as Christ, that you'll be faithful to Him and you will do well in life and you will share as much of the ministry as you can, you'll be in a good place. But to die is not tell. And kind of, Paul, do you really have the choice? Well, okay. I am hard-pressed between the two. You know what it means to be hard-pressed, right? To be between a rock and a hard place? Hard-pressed. There, there's not a good choice, right? There's not the winning choice. So here's Paul's mindset. If I live... If I'm able to be delivered from this prison, and if they don't kill me, and if I live, then other people are going to benefit because I'm going to share the good news with them. But if I die, I'm with the Lord. So how much better could that be? He says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. For that is, he didn't just say better. He said far better. It's some, you know, going to heaven. You know, I, I, I think it's funny, you know, I've heard people say, you know, it, it bothers people that lose loved ones when people say they're in a better place. I get that. I understand that. But, but if they're a believer, they really are in a better place. It's far better than here. And he says, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith.
That's what Paul living for. He's living so that people that he's around, he can influence. He can lead them to progress in joy and faith. There's not a better thing to do. Serve the Lord in the place He wants you to serve with the assignment that He wants you to have until you die, whatever that might be. We may retire from our vocation, but we do not retire from our assignment with Christ. We keep on going. We keep on going. And, and you see here, he says, this is his top priority in life. Prison so people can grow in faith and joy. Prison so people can grow in joy and faith. Hardships so other people can learn that Christ is beyond hardships. He wants people to know that, that deliverance comes when people pray and the Spirit of Christ works. He, he wants them to know that having the pro proper perspective of spiritual truth, it, it, it's a life changer. It makes all the difference in the world. And so that's what Paul understood. understood. And that's why he was able to say, to live as Christ and to die as gain. Look at verse 26. So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Ah, you may have ample cause to make much of our Father, to make much of the Son, to make much of God, to glorify Him with all of our heart because of who He is and what He's able to do. This, the, the preacher in, in, in Minnesota by the name of John Piper, he wrote a book I read some years ago. It's called Don't Waste Your Life. And in the book he says that he heard about one of the worst tragedies that he had ever heard. And, and this was the tragedy that he spoke of. A couple up north worked all their lives to retire. And they moved down to Florida and bought them a nice little, sold their house in Minnesota, and bought them a nice little beach house on the beach in Florida. And they spent the next many years of the retirement looking for seashells every day. He said that was one of the greatest tragedies I've ever read. They're a Christian couple. Had much to offer. I thought, wouldn't it be great if the story read like this? A couple worked all their life. They served the Lord. They, they got a retirement income, and they moved to a little town in Florida and went and talked to the preacher and says, what kind of ministries do you need here? What do you need to have done? And, and he says, I need to have someone that will work with 7th and 8th grade boys. And that young couple spent the rest of their life serving Christ and trying to share the gospel with 7th and 8th grade boys. That would not be a tragedy. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, my retirement to live as Christ is going to be to serve God and to live in such a way that people will have more faith and more joy. But to die is dead. If you're up in years, 
you lost your hair, you got gray hair, you probably have heard someone else say, it's time for the young people to take over the church. We've done our part. No, you hadn't. They need you. They need you to talk to them. Some of these young couples here are nuts. <laughs> they need you to speak truth into them. You can do something. Do what the Lord asks you to do. Now, you may not be on the floor with the two-year-olds, but there, there may be something. Or you may be on the floor with the two-year-olds. You get my point? You, you're just not done. We're never, ever done. Four, we may retire vocationally if, if, if you're able to these days, but we never retire from serving the Lord. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Lord, I pray your word will, will really stick true in our heart and may your spirit just Give us insight and awareness of how we live. And, and Lord, just apply these scriptures. Thank you so much that the one that suffered so much says to live is Christ, to die is gain. Lord, I, for me, I, it gives me something to shoot for. I've got a long way to go. But you are gracious and you are merciful. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.